The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we move any more forward that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL Show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Search for the SB Nation NFL Show. Subscribe. Leave a rating, ride, review those things. Fill our hearts with joy. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. And when I say the word us, we are talking, of course, about the fantastic Rachel Prevet on the ones and twos, as always, around here. My name is Arjo Ochoa, and I am joined by two of the finer, really just human beings um, throughout the entire world. Uh, we'll start with from Arrowhead Pride, straight from Arrowhead, although I think it is G-E-H-A Field nowadays. The one and only Pete Sweeney. Pedro, happy Monday to you. Uh, what is the external temperature where you're at uh, for our visual audience? Yes, the outdoor temperature today, it, it has been hot in Kansas City. Uh, it has cooled down significantly today. You can't you can't see out my window, but it is a rainy Monday. So we have dipped down to 60 degrees, which is exactly where you want to be. You always want to be in the 60 to 72 range. And so right. I, we're at the low part of that, but I'll, I'll take it. Pete, I don't tell you this often enough. You're having a really strong hair day, like a good, solid, swoopy yeah. foundation happening right there. I don't know yes. if that was – it looks casual, but I would you know, I would believe yeah. if you said you worked hard to make it look that way, you look very, very, very sharp today. The, the last time I went into the, the hairdresser, I mean, I usually go in every three or four weeks, mm-hmm. she – she convinced me maybe we should go with a little bit of a longer look. Why don't you come back and see me in five to six? So we're trying something new. And uh, you're, I mean, I've gotten plenty of compliments on it. So thank you. It's a little bit of an off-season swoop, if you will. Yeah, I was going to suggest calling it the Pete, but I, you know, I'm going to go a different direction. Let's call it the five to six, the look you got going on. I think sure. that's what we named the look. So uh, well done, mm-hmm. Pete Sweeney. You look it's uh, like a you, happy hour type. Exactly, of exactly. Yeah. Yes, um, right. You look handsome. Also handsome. Uh, I refer to the two of you right before we started as Tom and Jerry. Jeremy Reisman from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit. Who do you think you are in the Tom and Jerry pairing between you and Pete and why? Um, I'm probably the Jerry. Uh, I'll Listen, we're going to talk a lot Lions Chiefs in this one. I'm, I'm, I'm the one kind of the underdog here, the smaller one. We'll, we'll, but you know what? Sometimes Jerry typically wins. So I, I was going to say, I don't think Jerry's the underdog. I think Tom yeah. is actually the, like the you know loser. I, I guess the, 
there's a mutual in the normal cat mouse dynamic. Yeah, there's well, and, a mutual respect between Tom and Jerry too, which we also have. It's a friendly, true. friendly. Tom cat. is also a cat. You're a Lions fan, also a Tigers fan. I mean, the the feline thing is kind of right there. Um, do you want to go that way? Um, do you have a cat? I know you have a dog. Do you no. have a cat? Cat allergies. Mm, maybe you got to rethink that though. Mm. Maybe you power through for the good of. Um, the good of the content what is it i recently I, I will rethink my genetic code i recently uh-huh. had a cat added to my life and it is mean it is a mean cat so um well, i mentioned content do you know what jeremy recently did for content pete did you see this did he eat something no he did not um in fact i well i, I guess it's the literal opposite of that jeremy you did 25 burpees on twitch is that correct Whoa. technically up downs and it was 30 Okay. Wow. A slight difference from a, a burpee is tougher because you have to do the jump at the at the top. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, how how'd it go? I mean, uh, it was tough. I got I got roasted because uh, I was starting to get up on my knees. But then mm. I mean the whole the whole idea was it like if you watched Hard Knocks last year, Dan Campbell and, and the whole team does up downs at the yeah, beginning of training. Yeah, because they're big tryhards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was getting roasted for getting up on my knees, and then we we together consulted Hard Knocks and showed that like. From 25 to 40, basically everyone was getting up on their knees. So uh, I'm basically okay. as good as a, as, as a professional. Athlete. Speaking of knees, let's stay away from Patrick Mullins' kneecaps. Am I right? First game of the season. That would be nice. Um, all right. We're, we're here to talk schedule. We also <laughs> have each um, brought a team to present to the group that we um, we just kind of feel a way about. I think the verbiage I said was that we feel is lost in the abyss. So we each have one of those that we'll get to as well. But um, we're going to be the first show uh, that covers the NFL to react to the schedule, to offer yes. thoughts and, and input Timely. and analysis on the schedule um so um i might as well i guess like i'm the the ringmaster i'm the ref i'm the middle sort of whatever is happening here because we can start uh at the beginning uh the detroit lions will visit the kansas city chiefs right where you're at pete at gecha field um on what is the day thursday september what 8th or 12th or whatever it is at this point i've already forgotten one of those Um, first days of september yeah right uh well wake me up when it's when it's over but um Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is a big deal for the lions you finally get uh, a seat at the big boys table you know the cowboys kind of tired shoulders hurting from carrying that season opening slot last couple of years chiefs are well accustomed to it so jeremy let's start with you because I think we all thought the Lions were going to get their their fair, you know, sort of share of primetime, big-time games. But this is as big-time as it gets. This is an introduction to the season that the NFL wants the Lions to be a part of. Yeah, it, it came as a pretty big surprise. You know, rumors came down on, on Wednesday night, and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to believe them or not. And, yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird. Um, this has been a weird offseason from the get-go just because of the increased expectations in Detroit, and it's uncomfortable from a Lions fan perspective, I'm not going to lie. Um, but this is a whole different thing because it's it's respect, right? That's something that Lions fans kind of hold dear is like, the NFL hates us. The, the, the referees hate us. They never give us respect. Our schedule's always mean and unfair. Uh, and so this whole like Detroit versus everybody attitude, it's kind of fallen by the wayside because there's expectations now. Now it's all on line shoulders. Like you said, like you can't blame anything now. Like you're playing with the big boys. You got the big stage show you belong. And they have three other primetime games, this, this schedule, but um, none obviously bigger than this one. And so it, it you, you, I kind of wanted to be cynical at first about this to be like, well, the reason they didn't choose the Bengals or the bills or any of these other teams is like those, those are going to get good ratings anyways. But then I'm like, they don't want to blow out in week one. They don't want to blow out for the first. They don't want people tuning out at 9 p.m. Um, so I, I do think it's mostly a, a a thing of respect. And 
that's something I guess, hopefully, uh, I'm going to have to get used to here. Pete, um, the last time that the Chiefs raised the banner, obviously it was the first game in the COVID era for the NFL. So it wasn't the, the kind of packed arrowhead that we sort of you know come to know. Um, but that was against the Texans, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that mm -hmm. particular game. So, yes. you know, the two banner raising nights against kind of some smaller teams in, in the NFL. Well, um, interesting, I, you know, <clears throat> sort of twist here. I think part of the strategy and jumping on the, the – I was able to jump on a Zoom with some of the schedule makers, uh, VP of broadcasting the other day. And he was essentially saying that the Lions, you know, there's no questions about it. They played their way into this game. They talked about how they were really good in the second half, how their offense improved, how uh, their defense improved. I know, RJ, you like to make fun of, of Coach Campbell there, but the hard knocks stuff really seemed to, you know, it, it put the Lions onto this profile and the spotlight. And the last time you saw the Lions, they were winning. I know, you know, whatever, but they're big playoff game so to speak and they had nothing to play for they were able to knock out a team playing for everything and so they put them on this this big spotlight and I, I think partly it does have to do with the Bengals and the Bills being in the last part of the schedule we have seen the Chiefs play the Bengals and Bills earlier and it just doesn't have the magnitude as it would maybe late in the season so you see the Bengals and Bills now at the late part and I think everything has a, a little bit of a a role that goes into it, but yeah, we get the the Chiefs and the the Lions on the opening Thursday night, and you know I, I know the early spread is is seven. I I think only a seventeen point win or something like that makes sense for for Kansas City to start off their title defense. Yeah, I will say it is kind of cool to get. Um, I can't even think of a Lions Chiefs game. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't like think of anyone from from any sort of memory. Um, the fantastic Michael Kist offers here um, in our chat that it should have been the Eagles 49ers. I have some thoughts on on that matchup um, that we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, the Eagles like, would have had to win that last game, Mike. That's that's a big part of it. But anyway, wow, <laughs> um, they did not. They lost. They did not. No, they Chiefs. lost. Uh, yeah, they lost. So that was the Super Bowl. Just so we're all clear, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Just worth right mentioning a couple of times yeah um but anyway um very cool uh to see the lions um i, I actually want to ask this one question um maybe you're a little bit biased jerry but i'll ask it to you anyway have the lions maybe and we're super early in this but maybe gotten the most out of a hard knocks appearance as any team Ooh, ever that's like a good question like i i would i would question. offer maybe like the rex ryan jets and and that's right. that's a, a wide you know net to cast but they really benefited from it. Like the Lions have really, 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 and some of that obviously involves the work on their end and playing the games and performing well, but sure. they have really been boosted by this. Well, yeah, I think part of it is they they backed it up with a decent season too, right? The, I think I think for a while there was talk of a hard knocks curse and, and you know, thinking that for whatever reason that the extra attention just kind of makes them a worse team. But, you know, it's, it's a young team. It's got a charismatic head coach. And yeah, I think, I think at this point, it, it almost feels like overkill, the amount of attention that the Lions are getting. I know you don't like it, especially when team when people are acting like it's an original thought that the Lions are. That's a, the a only thing that candidate. bothers me. That's the only yeah. thing. <clears throat> but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a it's an interesting thing to think about. I know the Lions are mostly happy with their portrayal and mostly happy about um, how it all worked out. I don't think they ever would want to do it again. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they definitely hugely benefit from it. And then the fact that you cap it off with a nationally televised game, the regular season and, and take it to a, a needy Packers team at, at the end of their Aaron Rodgers rope, that's uh that all works together. And in, in all, all of that, I'm sure played into their decision to put the lines in week one there. There is week something one. nice for Lion, Lions fans about the idea that like you knocked out Aaron Rodgers as a Packer. I mean, he killed you for years and years and years, but you'll yeah. always have that last game. It's very unc coach k-esque in, in a way so I, I think um, that's cool 
Yeah. Cathartic. Uh, the Cowboys sent Tom Brady into retirement, like formally, at least we think. Um, obviously, there's a lot to kind of lean there. Um, <laughs> the uh, the primetime games um, in week one are all majestic. Uh, so you've got Detroit or Kansas City um, on Thursday night. On Sunday night, you do have the aforementioned Cowboys in New York. Um, I know everybody thinks the Cowboys and Giants play on week one on Sunday night football every year. That actually hasn't happened since 2017. So it's been um, uh, it's been a little bit since it happened on Sunday night football in week one. Um, and it usually is at AT&T Stadium. But um, the Cowboys actually visited the Giants in the season opener when the Giants raised their second Super Bowl banner. Pete, do you know what made that game unique? It was the first game at AT&T, wasn't it? No, it was in New York because the Giants were raising their Super Bowl banner. Well, New Jersey, right. That's 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 a good point by you. But uh, what made it unique was it was on a Wednesday, not a Thursday. Um, right. I, I think that like the Democratic National Convention was happening that Thursday. And that was mm -hmm. why the, the NFL actually adjusted to that. So um, I am disappointed that there's not more Wednesday night football on this year's schedule. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Monday night football, though, week one, uh, we all get to see Aaron Rodgers at home against the Buffalo Bills. Jeremy, do you think this game will live up to the hype? Because I this kind of feels like a stinker, like coming out the gate. Well, we we got to make we got to tiptoe and make sure we don't get into more Bills hate on this podcast. But <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, I I. I still have a lot of questions about the Jets, and maybe this is my lingering Aaron Rodgers hatred uh, leaking through here. But I don't know. It, it, I think it's a it's a maybe a little bit of a risky pick, not knowing how these two teams are going to look uh, coming out in Week One. But I don't know. I, I I think it could be an evenly matched game. But I you know if I had to pick it right now, I would probably lean Bills pretty heavily. I would say. Pete, I think the Monday Night Football schedule was probably the thing I was the most surprised about. Now we do have Monday Night Football um, flex scheduling now. I think that starts week 15. Um, 12. Uh, week, sorry, excuse me. My bad, Pete. Uh, but we all know that ESPN and ABC have paid um, an ungodly sum uh, for the rights to Monday Night Football. Um, ABC will have a Super Bowl in the rotation soon enough. Um, they obviously went big last year with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, like, you know, ESPN's trying to beef up what they're doing and the NFL has finally agreed to play ball with them. Um, so we now are in, remember when we used to get the Monday night football doubleheader week one, that was like a, yeah. a staple forever that has now shifted to week two. Um, so, but week one, we've got bills, uh, at the jets Pete. week two, we do have the, the two games here. Uh, we've got the Browns in Pittsburgh and we've got mm. the saints in Carolina, I do yeah. believe that is sounds Carolina's like a, home first. Like that's their home opener and Bryce Young's unveiling to the world. Yeah. It sounds like a double snoozer. Probably, probably maybe not, not tuning into the, to that double header. I, I like the Monday night football package. I, I did an exercise with myself before we started and I wrote out the, like, just, I'm trying to take myself out of it. Like the TNF games that intrigue me, the S, uh, Sunday night football games that intrigue me, the Monday night games that intrigue me. Sunday night to me has the best package and Always. then mo Mondays after that. And then Thursday again is like, I think it's getting gradually better, but it def definitely is behind the the other ones. And I have on the Monday slide, I have Bill J Bill's Jets highlighted week six Cowboys Chargers, week nine Chargers Jets. A lot of primetime games for the Chargers, by the way. Mon Monday night to me gets the most important game, you know, of the year with that Super Bowl rematch in week 11. Ravens 49ers and then Lions Cowboys for you, you gentlemen in week 17. I think there's intrigue surrounding all those games uh, and that, you know, that's not counting games that there or teams that are going to come out of the woodwork and, and end up having interesting Monday night games. And I think Sunday night is right, right there. Um, I had Sunday night with the most uh, intrigue as, as far as trying to be as objective as I could. 
just to be clear, Pete, the Cowboys Lions game is a Monday night broadcast, but it's on a Saturday. Um, so we got super, confused. Super big mistake well, on your the package part. for ESPN, right? So <laughs> oh no, it's an embarrassing mistake on your part. That's okay. Like we got I, your back. I, I mean, do you've opened up a door for me to talk about a pet peeve that I have. If it's Thursday, don't call it Sunday night football. If it's Saturday, let's just call I it what it is. I completely disagree with you. I hate when people refer to like the season opener as Thursday night football because it's not. It's a brand. It's it's literally okay. Sunday, it's literally Mike sure. Tirico, Chris Collins, with Melissa Stark. That's literally fine. The, the but don't tell me. Group. Don't tell me that it's Sunday night on Thursday. Like I don't need any SNF logos. You need a, if you. It doesn't have to be the Thursday night. It's logo, not. It's let's the come football up with night in logo. America logo. Like that's what they do. Yeah. Like, I don't. Anyway, I mean, call the day the day. I, I'm confused enough about the days after training camp. Let's well, just call the days what they are. So Jeremy, I was going to bring this up to Pete, but um, before that diatribe, I guess. But we also have a. Monday Night Football doubleheader in week three. So we have back-to-back mm. weeks. Um, so we've got um, the Eagles in Tampa in week three on Monday Night Football. And then we also have the Rams in Cincinnati. Um, I guess the Sean McVay, Zach Taylor Bowl, whatever. Um, and the, Oh, I also the Super Bowl yeah. rematch. Wow, that Super Bowl had such sure. little juice that I completely forgot that it happened. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, like the, Ram- the Rams fell off such a cliff that it doesn't yeah. even really matter. The- well, let's actually let's go that direction, Jeremy, because right. I saw uh, I didn't see the segment, but I saw like it happening in the background. Peter Schrager on yep. Good Morning Football. OK, so on yeah. on Monday, he went off on Good Morning Football again. I didn't hear it, but so maybe you can enlighten us. He was like upset or in a half hearted way about the Rams Whoa. only having two primetime games this season. Yeah, I I almost quote tweeted it because it was <laughs> it did not make a ton of sense to me. I mean, he's basically saying like the Rams are one of the best teams in the past five years. And, you know, only one other team has more wins than him in the past five years. And they won the Super Bowl two years ago. And it's like, yeah, two years ago, they're a much worse team now. Like they've gotten decidedly worse across the board. They've traded away some key pieces. Yeah, they still have a couple superstars on their roster, but it's not going to be enough to really compete. And I don't I don't think anyone is clamoring to see more Rams games. People in LA aren't clamoring to see more Rams games. No one shows up to their football games. So I, I mean, I guess you could make the, the Super Bowl rematch thing, a thing, uh, and maybe putting the Rams in primetime this early in the season, no one knows that they're going to be terrible yet, but, uh, that's, that is not an inspiring week three, Monday night doubleheader there, even Eagles Buccaneers. Like, I think that's, that's going to be a pretty clear win for the Eagles there. Those are both playoff rematches from that playoff season. Uh, the Bucks beat the Eagles before losing yep. to the Rams on the Rams way to win the Super Bowl. And to your point, Pete, ESPN got, you know, both of the last two recent Super Bowl matches. Like you would think like the Chiefs Eagles thing were all like, oh my gosh, Super Bowl rematch. Like literally nobody cares that, that they're like, I didn't even realize that until this moment that right. that was even happening. Um, on the subject of primetime games, Pete. Um, I also saw Good Morning Football was kind enough to put it in graphic form, which is uh, a lot easier than like in text. So there are six teams with five primetime games and there are four teams with six primetime games. So can can you guess, Pete, the five four, excuse me, the six teams that have five primetime games? So but these are not the creme de la creme. The creme have six. So we're talking about second place silver medalists. So have five. Correct. They have five primetime games. I can't. I mean, I don't. I the, okay. Let's uh, start. Let's start with the the Kings, the Kingmakers here. Six prime ten games. There are four teams. Who do you think they are? I know the Chiefs and Chargers are two of them. That's two I'd of imagine, the four. I imagine the Cowboys are there, right? That's three of the four. You're seventy five percent there. And the Birds. That's incorrect. What's the fourth team? Jeremy, do you know? Or do, if you don't know, do you want to guess? I I, I do know. Oh, well, then people, we'll give people one more guess. Mm. Your clue is that we, I think, all collectively hate them. No, it's not the Jets. <laughs> The Vikings. No. The Colts. Nope. The I Buffalo only Bills. 
It is the Buffalo Bills. There All is. right. It only took me seven guesses. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, and Chargers lead the way. You're talking only one NFC team with six primetime games. Lo and behold, uh, it is the Kings. There are six teams with five primetime games, so not important enough um, to get six. You mentioned a few of them, Pete. The Vikings, the Eagles, and the Jets all have five primetime games. You're missing three. Jeremy, you can take over here. I think Jeremy has the answer. I have a list <laughs> in front of me. I'm uh, sorry. The, the other three are the New York Giants, the Green Bay Packers. The Aaron Rodgers is Green Bay Packers, by the way. It's going to be very interesting. I know you'll hate now, Jeremy, to see if the Packers can can hold that staying power without a yeah. franchise quarterback and the Raiders, Pete, just to kind of round it, that out the whole list. It, if you, you know, if you want to make the case, OK, the Rams need more primetime games. Um, I think that's silly. However. If you add to that case, okay, not only do the Rams have two, but the Packers have five, then I think I can start to buy that point a little bit. Like the Packers should not have yeah. five primetime totally games. Disagree. Without neither neither should the Vikings. Point. The Vikings, I'm with y'all on, but the Packers are are a blue blood. They're a, a Tiffany brand. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you have to put them. And like, I don't know, I guess, let me look, but I, I would presume that at least one of them is against the Bears, the Packers primetime game, which is a big deal. Uh, let's see here. The Packers five primetime games are the Lions, Jeremy, by the way, on Thursday Night Football. Um, well, I guess. The uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, the, the Thanksgiving. That's another pet peeve of mine. And maybe you agree with this, Jeremy, because yeah. we get it. Thanksgiving is not a primetime game. It is a massive game, but it is not right. a primetime game. Agreed. So thank you for that. Uh, Unless so, you get the Thursday night one, obviously. No, right, I'm right. completely with you guys. I'm working the first game of Christmas Day this year, and I'm totally on board. Anyway, uh, Packers um, played the Lions in primetime. Thursday night football. They are in Las Vegas. That's going to be kind of a lame Sunday night football game. Uh, Packers uh, visiting the Raiders. The, they Devontae Adams? Uh, yeah. See, like this. <laughs> uh, they visit the Lions on Thanksgiving, to your point. Packers played the Chiefs, Pete, on Sunday night football at Lambeau. Um, they visit oh, they the won't. Giants no, no, on Monday night football and then visit the Vikings um, in week 17 on Sunday night football. That the game, and, that maybe the Chiefs and Packers flexed. are getting flexed out. The Packers are the Packers are getting flexed out of whatever games they can in twelve to seventeen. That this is not going to be a team that that um like but we're like, just why 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 are people assuming that the Jordan Love Packers are just going to they're not win? but they're the Packers they have one of the biggest followings in the yeah, world. I mean, I, mean like, I I understand but having the Patriots now lost primetime games because Mac Jones. Well, is, yeah, but that they is that what first he is. year in twenty twenty they still yeah. had a lot. I mean, because of the brand. Uh, but yeah, they're, like, I mean, I, who wants to watch the Raiders, Jeremy? Like, who who is like pumped to watch the Raiders right now? I don't understand it at all. That team that seems like a team that's very much rebuilding. They they did basically nothing that interesting this offseason other than lose players and add Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so I don't I don't understand the the Raiders love at all. Five primetime games now. I well, they, one I of, guess they, they still kind of have a national brand, but it's nothing like on the level of, of the Packers and the Cowboys and, and all those mainstream teams. So, so yeah, I, they play the Packers, the Raiders. So that's kind of part of it. They also play the Lions. I'm on the night football. Yeah. So that's also part of it. Um, they play the Chargers and the Chiefs. So the AFC West pass. But like, do you all know week three Sunday night football is the Steelers in Vegas? Who's like excited about that game? Like I, I like I'll, you know that's just such a flat game to me. Like I, week three kind of stinks if we're being honest. Week week three Thursday night football is this might be the the worst week of the year as far as primetime games. Uh, week three we've got the Giants in San Francisco on Thursday night. We have the I can, Steelers I can buy in that Vegas. game. Can't you buy that game? Giants 49ers. That's yeah. the best of them. But you but, stick it on a Thursday, you're going to get the worst performance. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's it's automatically flat, and not only on a Thursday, but the Giants have to travel across the entire country. Like you know, we're talking that this is a, a 19 to nothing score at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, I, so you've got I, the Steelers in Vegas, and then Monday night is the, is the doubleheader that we hated on. 
the Eagles in Tampa and the Rams in Cincinnati. I like that you're wearing Giants blue today, and I like that you're upset today. I have to travel on chart rest. That that, that is really caring of you as they. I hate that. I hate when anybody has to deal with that. I I yeah. like why aren't these things fair? Like it seems very fair to say like every like I like sometimes teams play other teams coming off their bye when they're coming off their bye. Sometimes they don't. Last year I made a big deal about this. The Bears were on the road on Monday Night Football and then had to travel to play the Cowboys the next week. That's really unfair. I mean the Cowboys waxed them, but still, I mean like it was really really yeah. unfair. We get a double um, dose around Thanksgiving of of Seahawks football. You to end Thanksgiving, you get 49ers at Seahawks, and then right the next week, uh, you get Seahawks at Cowboys in week 13 on TNF. It's a pretty normal thing for the Cowboys to play seven days later. Um, Jamie and I were talking yeah, I mean, last week. Detroit hasn't done that, but the Cowboys do that more often than not. Yeah, yeah. Is I don't know. It just seems like the NFL wants to give the Cowboys enough rest and nobody else. Like that's how I feel about it. Uh, Cowboys have a three-game homestand starting on Thanksgiving Day, so good for them. Um, what other big-time schedule thought do you have, Jeremy? Like, what's 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 just been living in your mind, rent-free? Well, I think I think the two Thursday night thing, right, where we're now teams can have two Monday through Thursday turnarounds. Uh, the Lions are one of the teams. I, I I didn't see how many other teams are affected by that, but um, they clearly the NFL clearly utilized that. The Lions have three Thursday games. Obviously, the first game is is kind of actually. I think mostly considered an advantage because you're not coming on a short week and then you get a longer week for week two, but the Lions have two Thursday to or Sunday to Thursday turnarounds, one being Thanksgiving, the other being that Thursday night game against the the Packers. And so it's kind of interesting uh, seeing how much they're going to stretch the limit of that. Obviously it doesn't count for those back-to-back Thursday games coming off Thanksgiving for the Cowboys. But um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think Lions players, I, I think a lot of, teams are, are not going to like this change obviously playing on thursdays in general is, is annoying to really everybody other than the consumer um but we're going to see more of it for for teams happening more and more often in one schedule so i don't know we'll see how it works out i i, I think i'm hoping this is a test year and it's one of those things where they're like yeah that didn't work let's let's scale it back um, i think this schedule I'm well just quick quickly pete both lions packers games are on thursdays if that wasn't yes. obvious um the first one at lambo is week four thursday night football the second one is thanksgiving day i did see pete on good morning football that the niners sorry jeremy are the only playoff team from last year who have to do mm. two thursday games this coming season uh, that are separate wow. weeks because like i said the cowboys and seahawks will play on thursdays back to back but those are consecutive not far apart you either make the playoffs or you don't. It's a binary scale, right? So that's that's something to keep in mind. My general feel about the schedule is I think it's a it's a game changing schedule. And what I mean by that is, and this is a, an article that we were talking about ahead of the season. Why is the NFL even considering prime time Thursday night flex? Why is they're going to be allowed that you play two Thursday night games? And the answer was we need these games better for Amazon. But it's not really that point that I'm trying to get at. I, I think this schedule, if you really look at it, like, and not to always bring the Chiefs into it, but the Chiefs of the Super Bowl champs are a big draw. There's only two noon games for the Chiefs on the whole schedule, and one of them is, one of them is Christmas. This NFL schedule was the NFL saying, all right, gone are the days of we're going to be fair to every owner and every market, and everyone is going to get their, their spotlight shine. And this schedule welcomed the days of we don't give an F. We are just going to have the – best possible primetime packages for our partners and we've laxed made the rules lax and look you want to be on primetime don't suck rams if you want to be on primetime the lions finally became interesting 
after X amount of years and they were rewarded for it. And I think that's going to be the general message. You're not just going to get on prime time because you're a team in the NFL. You got to be one of the premier teams in the NFL. And guess what? Like for all the crap we give the NFL about their decisions, this is probably going to lead to better ratings in prime time. And I don't think we're going to look back from this new strategy, so to speak. I have a primetime thought in general, Pete, but you mentioned it. There are four teams who do not have a single primetime game. Correct me if I'm wrong on the list you sent, Jeremy. The Texans, the Falcons, the Cardinals, and the Colts. I don't think that's surprising by any stretch. The Commanders... Has to bring the Colts up. You knew it. Just really <laughs> rubbing it in. There's that grin. The Commanders have a single primetime game. Um, some of that's just the market, right? Like, and, and, you know, look, I'm not rooting for the Commanders to be good, but, like, I think the NFL as a whole would love for the D.C. market um, to return to what it was uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, the Jaguars, Jeremy, have more primetime games than the Bucks, the Browns, the Titans, the Panthers, and the aforementioned Rams. Just, you know, again, you want to be good? You want to be featured? Then you got to be good. Like, it's a very binary thing to beat's point. Yeah, no, and I, I honestly think the Jacksonville Jaguars should have more. I think they're an intriguing team. I think they're an up-and-coming team. They won what, I think seven out of their last nine games, won a playoff game. They're in a very winnable division again this year. And listen, I, I they're not quite at the level. I mean, we've talked a lot of AFC and, and, and the tiers in the AFC and how good it is and how stacked it is. They're, maybe they're not in the conversation to be at the top of that list, but I think they're very close to a tier two team in that AFC. And so I was kind of surprised to see that they only got three compared to teams like we were saying, like Green Bay and Minnesota and, and Vegas. I don't know what they're doing with five primetime games give give jacksonville some love um so pete i want to bring up the primetime thing i kind of think that primetime is old time now um like you you associate not you specifically but like we all associate primetime as like oh that's when the big ratings come that's actually not true I, and i didn't totally realize that until uh somewhat recently um so obviously everyone's got like their take on the schedule and whatnot blah blah, blah. uh richard dietrote in the athletic we all know that the Thanksgiving Day games crush, like the Cowboys and Lions could play whoever and they will crush no matter what. Yeah. The night game does well, but not the same. Uh, that being said, um, excluding the Thanksgiving Day games, Pete, do you know um, of the top five most watched games last year, how many were in primetime? So we're taking Thanksgiving out. So now the top five Thanksgiving list games, how many of these five were in primetime? Uh, one. Jeremy, what's your guess? Two. The answer is zero. Whoa, uh, the, the five the trick trick the, <laughs> the five <laughs> most watched non-thanksgiving day games last year tell me what you think the common denominator here is number one cowboys packers that was a three o'clock kick three to 25 whatever um eagles cowboys that was christmas eve also a 325 kick that was a saturday to be fair um number three cowboys vikings 325 kick number four cowboys Bengals. that was uh, week two that was the 325 kick and number five packers buccaneers 325 kick all five of these 325 kicks Four of them happen to include America's team. Um, so that being said, like you said it, Pete, the Chiefs only have two noon games. The Cowboys only have two noon games. I think the new measurement of like how watchable a team is isn't how many times they're on primetime, but it's how few times are they in that noon slot. And uh, sorry, Peter Schrager's you know, demise in this exercise, one of the Cowboys noon games is against the Rams. So sometimes a team can sink a, a sort of you know floating ship like the Cowboys. Yeah, I... <laughs> I think the the three o'clock window is is one the NFL has established is very important uh, and CBS has for sure. And this was something I was trying to figure out and look into because everyone in Kansas City sees, oh, Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals at three o'clock. That's definitely getting flexed. No dummy, because CBS can control one game Jeez. a week. Dummy. You know what I mean? So 
it, it, these Chiefs Bills and Chiefs Bengals games, which are huge games, are not moving from the three o'clock window because CBS can 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 control and and keep them there. And that's a, as you're describing, RJ. That's a, a under talked about huge window for the NFL and certainly uh, CBS and Fox, who are able to have these protections and they have the protections for a reason. And that goes into like where every game was a free agent. They're trying to make this as fair as possible to Fox and CBS where you get a huge variety of games. Like sometimes the conference is better than the other conference. So they're not limiting the conferences anymore. They're trying to appease uh, all the networks. And, you know, this is a billion dollar industry and the companies are paying billions of dollars for good games. And I think the NFL said, screw the owners, screw owner X who's mad that the Texans aren't playing some X and so-and-so many primetime games, we're, we're having, we're going to put the best possible product and try to come up with the best possible equation to continue to grow the game. And I, I do think they nailed it. And for, you know, fan bases that like want to see their team on primetime, well, it's going to have to come on the field first. Jeremy, what do you enjoy more primetime or or three o'clock kicks? Well, I mean, it kind of depends on from a fan perspective. Primetime to me is, is is much better. As as a writer, I will take the, the <laughs> I I call them four o'clock games because I'm on the East Coast. But it, it it is interesting. It does feel like that four o'clock spot is almost like a a mini primetime game because mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll see the schedule way front loaded at the one o'clock spot. There's like ten games at one o'clock, and then there's two or three at four. So like a lot of people are only nationally. Like you look at the the distribution map, it's all like one game. Sometimes mm-hmm. everyone on CBS is getting whatever, whatever. And obviously some of it is driven by time zone, right? If you're playing on the West coast, you're probably going to be a, a four o'clock game, but um, it, it is interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it does feel like that's becoming kind of a, I don't know. What is that now? Fourth primetime game per, per week. I think it's the, it's the real primetime though. Like that's, that's the way like, and again, the lines are my example here. And I say this not in the like fun way I, I poke at them, but like now primetime is like, well, we can like, we can like elevate the like tier two teams in terms of um, like attention in prime time. Like we can let the big dogs carry the afternoons. Cause that's when people want to watch that. Some people are on their couch, whatever. Cause even though it's Sunday, like people have things to do at night or whatever they're asleep or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, like the best days are like what y'all describe when there's like just two games. And I don't, think that the viewership numbers include red zone channel because the red zone channel doesn't include any sort of prime but like there are rules in case anybody does not know that like if, if there are, there have to be at least two games on for scott hansen to be able to show you what is happening if, if there's only one game on they're basically just rebroadcasting that's why sometimes um when the afternoon slate is ending and there's only a single game left they have to leave jeremy because if not they're just like repurposing what cbs or fox is broadcasting on their own well, not before we see every touchdown from the past <laughs> seven hours of NFL coverage. Um, wow. Okay. That was Montage. cool. Look at us breaking this down. We could be yeah. media people. Um, wow. Right. Um, okay. We, let's. Uh, we are. Well, we could be like studying media people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a different thing. Um, it's Professor, really not hard Professor. when you. Right. It's, it's, it's not hard when you cover the Cowboys because it's just like you're the best, like you're the kings, like you can do anything and everything. Can y'all RJ, think, RJ's the type of professor. RJ's the type of professor. You'd go professor, professor RJ, and he would go, no, it's professor Ochoa. OK, like he's that uh, type of college scheduled professor. I will only say this um, one time, but like the Cowboys are the most like highly visible team maybe in the world. And that's because they haven't been to a conference championship game in 30 years. Like, imagine if they were the Chiefs from a success. Like, just think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're this level of attention for being mediocre. It's the most 
incredible thing. It really is. I'm I'm truly oh, only only the in your your wildest dreams could they be the the Kansas City Chiefs? But I, I do I do like the song. I do like the thought. I do like thinking about that. Um, okay, we have each prepared a single team uh, that we believe. Again, the prompt was uh, is floating in the abyss. Um, mm. Now you guys interpreted that however you wanted to. Um, so, Jeremy, I would like you to decide the order: who's going to go first, second, and third. So you you control this thing. Uh, let's go Pete first because I don't think we've talked about his team much. And then Ooh. I'll go, and then I'll let you close things out. Okay. Okay. Uh, my team is is the Tennessee Titans. And I think the Tennessee Titans have been hiding in plain sight for one of the greatest collapses we have seen in maybe the past uh, uh, decade. This is a team that three or four years ago was playing in the AFC title game here in in KC. And now the most exciting thing about the team is to schedule a release video. I think you have. (laughs) It uh, was awesome, though. Like they they crushed. Sure. Um, Right. They did. They also traded AJ Brown and were seven and 10 last year after having the first seed in the AFC the year before. I think they're in full rebuilding mode. The fact that you're taking um, middle round quarterbacks in in back to back years is not a good sign. Ryan Tannehill did not take that kindly. The only thing they really have going for them is Derrick Henry. I don't think if they don't make that deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles necessarily are in the Super Bowl last year so they certainly to me lost that trade they need to rebuild their entire offensive line they lost several key contributors um in the offseason and for uh, a team and, and maybe they talk more about it in nashville but i just think nationally for a team that was the sole winner of the afc by just you know two years ago they are so far away from i i think even to me um being in division contention right now and i i don't I think for a team that had a little bit of buzz, they had some identity, they had some juice just a handful of years ago. They are now uh, very much in the abyss. And I, I just don't think we, you know, we talk about the the collapse, the quick collapse of the Rams because they won the Super Bowl. This is like a very quiet monster collapse of an organization, in my opinion. It's interesting, right? Like Mike Vrabel was considered maybe coach of the year candidate a couple of years in a row. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, it's, was he just like riding the coattails of Derrick Henry basically the entire time or, I, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, Titans to me seem like one of those teams that I'm just never, I'm never even going to think about this entire 2023 season because they're not going to be in the, in the, in the stacked AFC. They're not going to be a team that you're really counting on to, to be competitive. And it does feel like they're just kind of in purgatory right now. Um, You, you said it, in a weird way, Pete, that kind of made me think about it. But I mean, so the Titans have spent, you know, top 100 picks on quarterbacks in back to back years, in addition to having Ryan Tannehill. And if we ranked the three best quarterbacks in the AFC South, I don't think I would put any Titans quarterback in the group. I mean, like some of that is just like the way the division looks, but like the, the three best are probably what, like Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud. Like you want to flip a coin, like how you want to rank Stroud and Richardson. And they're you, lucky like... to be in the AFC South. If they weren't in the AFC South, that record would be even worse. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I, I don't like stand for the Patriots in any way, shape or form, but people always like come for their like dynasty and say like, well, they got to play in the AFC East forever. You know, however long they did. It's like, okay, well look at the Titans. Like the Titans should have like a de facto, like, you know, bookmark trip to, you know, host a playoff game every year. These last five years run. I mean, the AFC South has been a disaster. I would honestly kind of since Andrew Luck retired, which the Colts will tell us about a thousand times, like the AFC South has been an easy peasy, you know, walk in the park. And to your point, Pete, the Titans, damn near took that to the Super Bowl 
Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe you just maybe only one team can win the Super Bowl. And so sometimes you're just a team that came really close and tried really hard, and that's not enough. But I kind of agree with Pete. You know, Jeremy, I think that the Titans kind of stink. Yeah. That I, McPherson, that, that McPherson field goal that, that saw the Bengals ad- eventually advance to the Super Bowl, that could be the last time you really see the Titans as relevant for me for at, the, at least the foreseeable future. And so I just think it's it's a disappointing team that that is right right in front of our nose that we don't really talk about. Jamie, you're in the abyss. You're going to tell us what team yes. is next to you. Uh, yeah, we talked a little. I talked a little bit about them already. The the Las Vegas Raiders, and I think all of this, like even with the Titans, this is this is just kind of like the natural reaction to having such a top heavy conference where there are five, six, seven teams that are like legit Super Bowl contenders. Then you have a team like the Raiders that is just like sitting there doing nothing. Um, they they had one of the most underwhelming off season that I think this entire season, and and maybe they're just taking a long term approach. But listen, hiring Joshua McDaniels was sus- suspect enough. Now. They have no future plans at quarterback. It seems like right now, like I don't know what 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 sort of benefit you're getting from getting rid of Derek Carr and adding Jimmy Garoppolo. The rest of their offseason moves, for whatever reason, seem to all be surrounding tight end. <laughs> you, you trade Darren Waller, you get rid of Foster Moreau, you get OJ Howard, you get Austin Hooper, you draft uh, Michael Mayer in the second round. Like, why are we just doing a tight end? ring around the rosy like that that's your offseason move that's what you that's the position you decide we need to not only just upgrade we need to like do a full enema of your tight end room like i i, I don't i don't quite get it a full what um, <laughs> <laughs> you you heard me um no. but it, i just i i don't know i don't and you look at that division you there's hope in every team in that division right obviously the chiefs are returning champs the chargers Hopefully you got a new offensive coordinator that are going to fix things. I know you're not a, a Kellen Moore believer. And then you got the Broncos who obviously get a new head coach. And, and hopefully at the very least, they still have a very good defense. I don't know what you have in the Raiders. I don't know what the future looks like for the Raiders. They just seem to kind of be standing still and not getting better. And so they are a team that we just talked about all the primetime games that they, they have. Hopefully some of those are flexible because I, I think we're going to be pretty sick of seeing the Raiders by, by October. Uh, Pete, Jeremy, you mentioned ring around the Rosie. It was against the Raiders, right? That the Chiefs did that. <laughs> yeah, it was a play that was called back. It would have went. I know, for but it was, it's, it was against the you ruined it. But that, that was my point. Like it was a, 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 yeah. against the Raiders. Thank you, yeah. Kiss, for letting us know that Bears barking. It's mail time around here. So. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a tough division, too. I mean, I, I got to imagine the Broncos can, are going to get better this year because they stunk last year and really couldn't be any worse. Um and of course the the chiefs of Mahomes and the chargers have Herbert and they're continuing to, to build around those two playoff games uh, hard to uh, imagine a scenario where it's not the Raiders and the Broncos vying for last place in that division, but the NFL continues to surprise us. So now that we've made these comments about the Raiders, we expect them to be undefeated through the first seven weeks. Um, I'm going to change my pick. If you guys are fine with that, my team that's lost in the abyss, if you're okay. Well. I was going to go with the Vikings um, and it was going to work really well because like in the abyss, like you're floating there, they're Vikings, like they have ships. You know what I mean? I guess that kind of works for the Raiders, uh, Jeremy, you know, they're pirates as well. Um, but I'm going to sw- uh, switch to the Rams and it's really based off of something I literally just read, uh, like right this second. So we all kind of hated on them, which I think we're fine with. Um, like I don't have any qualms hating the Rams. Like I'm so sick of the NFL trying to tell us that the NFL in LA is cool and the Rams are cool and everything like whatever. But I do think we're kind of past that um, Rams house. Don't um, forget about the Rams house. Pete, I know you are a, a Tottenham fan, but, um, but Jeremy, do you, 
do you Spurs have a, it's just spur uh but jeremy do you have uh to me do, do you have a, a premier league team i don't that's okay i i do like hockey for or soccer for, for the record <laughs> really for the record i know i know i'm getting a reputation of not liking anything i do like soccer i just don't have an in right now with, uh, with the premier league well, well he, help likes, you. he likes he likes the lions and he likes lasagna anything past that <laughs> lions on lanyan yes that's like, there was a that was a play on that word there you go. anyway um well Sometimes people become fans of, of teams in any sport because, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's, like, a young Lions or, you know, now Lions fan that lives in wherever because they saw the Lions on Hard Knocks last year. Like, that, that effect sort of happens. Um, <laughs> so, um, Arsenal um, is an English Premier League team that was featured on their version of All or Nothing last season. Uh, so, I'm sure mm. that, you know, there are a lot of people who root for Arsenal. I have a few friends who root for Arsenal, et cetera, et cetera. Are either of you aware that Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams, also owns Arsenal? Did you guys know this? Yes, I knew that. And uh, we have a contributor at AP that does our headlines for us. That's great because of the, the time difference. Anyway, he loves Arsenal and the fans this isn't don't, about my losers, the Rams, not Arsenal, just to be clear. don't don't Stay like the, the fact that Kroenke owns them. I mean, most Arsenal right. fans, to, to my understanding. Right. Well, you know, sports fans are famously always in love with their owners, right? Like they never have a problem with the ownership groups that own their favorite teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I just saw this article at Turf Show Times, uh, SB Nation's home for Rams content. Um, TST. So, um, Stan Kroenke, so I don't, I don't know if you guys have been following this, but Arsenal held the league in the Premier League race this entire season. They had this incredible choke job and have now, you know, basically seeded yeah. that they will win the Premier League title. Manchester City is going to win it. Uh, that being said, Stan Kroenke had Sean McVay go visit Arsenal to help Mikel Arteta, who's the Arsenal manager, learn from him, I guess. Um, so that they can win the Super Bowl of soccer. This is the the quote that Turf Show Times pulled. Um, KSE, which I think is the ownership group, approach to Arsenal has similarities to the Rams with both having hired relatively young and inexperienced coaches in McVeigh and Arteta while continuing to back them against criticism. At the Rams, they reached the Super Bowl in 2019 and McVeigh's second season as head coach. Despite the pressure of losing the biggest game in the NFL, KSE stood by McVeigh. That faith combined with the financial backing by bringing in new players of the Rams to win the Super Bowl in 22. And now the report says that a similar strategy will be employed at Arsenal. I'm so sick of the Rams thinking they're cool. Like, I'm, you're not. Like, you're, they're so insignificant. I said this last year to Michael Peterson. Did, the, did anybody care, Jeremy, last year at the Rams on the Super Bowl? Like, had the, had, I'm, there are Chargers and Raiders and Broncos fans that are pissed that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, right? Like, they care in a negative way. Like, was it, was anybody's, like, life impacted? Even you, as a Matthew Stafford supporter, was your life at all impacted? Like, no, they're, they're so insignificant. They they do not belong here. That's my take. The Rams are it lost. Felt like it, it felt like a bigger story in Detroit than it did in L.A., to be completely right. honest. They're, <laughs> um, great, yeah, uh, I, great, great pants by The Rock in that Super Bowl. Great halftime show as well. <laughs> the Rams, Jeremy. They're lost. Like, and, and they're going to trap Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. That's all they're going to do. They're, that's right. all they're going to do. They, they they are so insignificant to me. They mean absolutely nothing. To me, they're like, they're the ultimate example of people trying to get excited about one way of building a team and then realizing immediately that's not how it usually works. Like the whole F them picks things where it's like, okay, yeah, you opened your window for exactly one year and it happened to work. Probably a fair amount of luck that played into that, and now you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. And so I think we, we all tend to overreact to the Super Bowl winner and say, oh, how can we build our team like How can we build our team like that? You don't want to do what the Rams do. That was risky. It was irresponsible. It was reckless. It worked. And so everyone's going to say, well, who cares? You, you got your you got your, your Lombardi trophy. But uh, 
yeah, I think I think they're in trouble and they're not going to pull out of that tailspin for a while. You know, <clears throat> following baseball as well here in KC, you always have that hypothetical, you know, you what if you win the championship? Will you take 10 years of mediocrity? And it sounds like a great deal with the devil to do at the time. Um, but you should see how depressed like uh, Kansas Cityans are with this Royals team at, at this stage. I mean, it's a laughing stock, and they got the World Series and I believe it was 15. And, you know, it, it makes sense in the moment. But like now you're going to have to deal with like eight, seven, eight, nine years of probably bad Rams football. And uh, and I I I don't I think it's I think I've gone back on that. Like, I think I'd rather the team as a fan be competitive than win the championship one year and then be miserable for X amount of years. So you're right. They're lucky that they won it because had they imagine they had not like imagine the Bengals, which was a one score game. Pull it off. Yeah. This would be a disaster. One of the biggest disasters, I, I think, in, in NFL history. They're lucky that they won that championship. They, they almost lost to the Buccaneers. Yep. Remember that? Like yeah. they, the Bucks came back huge in that game. It was like going to be the new 28 to three. And and then Stafford yeah. pulled off that big bomb to Fred Stafford. And, and Jaquiski Tart, I think it was Jaquiski Tart, dropped that easy interception <clears throat> in the NFC championship right. game. I mean, and they yep. did lose to the Niners actually in week 18, which impacted their playoff seating. I mean, right. like their playoff wins that year, to your point, Jeremy, were against the Kyler Murray Cardinals who had collapsed obviously on their way in then they beat the bucks after almost falling apart and then they barely held on to beat the niners and then they beat the Bengals, who kind of like i think we all agree had the chiefs won that had that title game and not blown their own lead which gets overlooked pete sorry i mean the chiefs would have waxed the rams like it would not have been a rematch of that famed monday night football game i tend to agree yeah um look I'm also worst, sorry. Uh, Pete, I'm, I'm so sick Patrick of like Holmes Sean McVay is going to retire. Like all the stories here are so exhausting and dumb to me. The Rams are lost. Well, and keep where, them in the abyss. I don't want where, them back. Where are they going to be? Like there has been so much smoke regarding the McVay retirement and him broadcasting, and then Aaron Donald retiring. What when these two guys leave? What do the Rams have left? Uh, thanks. <laughs> Stafford's like, on his way out too. Right. The memories, right? Like so of the abyss teams that we have today and not to take Rachel's job here, but the Rams might be the abyssiest of the abyss of the, of the three we selected. Well, Rachel, it is that time uh, for you to come on in and uh, let us know what you think about the schedule in general, et cetera, et cetera. Also um, we missed you last week. You know, neither Pete nor Jeremy said that to you, but I did. Um, and then uh, let us know who you think is lost in the abyss. So there's a lot of assignments for you right now. And then of course, who won MFW MVP. Um, thank you. I'm happy to be back. I appreciate you acknowledging that. Um, right. You, I actually, I had two teams for teams that were lost in the abyss. Rams was definitely one. So you stole that one from me. And also I feel like the Bucks could be thrown in that conversation, honestly, uh, post Tom Brady, still trying to figure out quarterback position. They don't know if it's going to be Trask or um, Baker Mayfield. They also still have like some holes in just different areas, like tight end, offense, uh, offensive line. And so even though they have like a lot of veteran players, they definitely are kind of still in like a rebuilding, trying to figure it out post Brady. So um, I would throw in the Bucks. Ba- I Baker, love Baker, that's a great point. Baker Mayfield is hopping, hopping from abyss to abyss. I mean, he is like <laughs> a, he's like a sea monster right now. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but he interrupted you, Rachel. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. So that was my favorite one. You guys um both just mentioned RJ got it on that one for sure. Um, when it came to like the points though, uh Jeremy, I really did agree with your point about the Raiders when you were just saying like you don't understand the love, because I, I can agree with that one. I, I don't really get it as well. Um, and also I agree with your perspective of like the 4 p.m. games, like that slot. I, as a fan, 
Did you say that, RJ? Well? Yes, that was well, me. I, you brought I, up, but I, I was I one built of the, on his point. I, I was I elevated I, his he elevated. I had the I had the list of the most watched games last year, and I read. Oh, I brought okay, up that okay, whole point. Okay. Thank you. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So I'll I initially that. I initially oh. brought that up. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Pete, I actually really, really love your point about how you were just talking about how like this is a game changing schedule. You had said how like um, you see how it's going from like every owner just getting like the fair chance and now it's more so just about like the best teams the premier teams or the ones who are getting the primetime games and so i really like that one as well and i also really liked your point on the titans i think that the rams was number one but titans was definitely number two um so yeah and based on today's points i'm gonna give it to pete oh <laughs> he didn't say anything that was of merit or notable whatsoever jamie and i did everything he did a great job today <laughs> I'm back. He his back. background he blurs with his new. face, like we can't even yes, see his back. whole face. That's not fair. He's transitioning yeah. to a new environment. Right, right. I need to get a green screen. I mean, that's the reality. But I'll I'll put put up the trophy every time I win one. I think that'll be good. Um, I guess Pete, the floor is technically yours. Yeah. You thank you to uh, to everybody uh, that helped me get here. Uh, every decision in my my life has led me to this point, and I couldn't be prouder to be the uh, May 15th, uh, MF double MVP. Uh, I think May 15th. Um, is, I made you look, made you look. That's all I wanted. I just at least wanted to make you doubt. Yeah. Oh man. Um, all right. That's all I got to say. Thank you. I had Jim, a great bre breakfast sandwich over the weekend. RJ. I'll share with you in a little bit. Rachel, um, just because we feel like it, if you had Pete won the gold, but who won the silver between Jeremy yeah. and I? RJ, because you came with wow. the Rams. That was really good. Let's go. You know, not, not that I am uh, not proud of my accomplishment today, but this feels like a little bit of an overcorrection, Jeremy. So keep that in mind. I mean, uh, you, wow. you won a couple Whoa. weeks in a row. Okay. So now you're getting, okay. now you're getting the Got it. <laughs> Jeremy, still, still made the podium. So, I mean, congratulations. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm the guy chugging the champagne on, on Right. Step three, um, right. you know, but you're kind of that's like the Lions now, like, oh, we're in prime time when we just literally proved that the three o'clock window is actually more valuable. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, prove that. <laughs> uh, I mean, we kind of did. So that was Rachel's logic behind the MFM right. MLVP. Uh, Jeremy, you're your saying, thoughts? You're saying the Lions get the participation trophy this year, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, at least you're not the Raiders. That's like the Lions' true prize right now. Uh, Jeremy, your thoughts on on your performance today? You know what? Uh, you know. I think I, I wouldn't call it a failure. Um, it, it's just a step in the right, you know, uh, to, to get to success, you need to have these, these ways that some people will call failures. I don't call them failures. Yeah. Giannis gave birth to the sports version of live, laugh, love when he said that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's the new thing that everyone, you know, put it on a pillow, put it in Pete's yeah. living room, his new, new spot. So trust um, the process, right? Pete, trust the process. As we exit here, Pete, I would like you to um, make yeah. the sound of a zoo animal of your choice. Okay, uh, how about a dolphin? <laughs> what? Wait, was that a goat? I, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs>